What's good with you? Thanks for joining me. Johan Francis CSCS right here. This is Ego Killer. Welcome to the show where we cover all the moves you need to be making inside the gym to help you live, move, survive, grind, thrive outside where it really matters in life. EgoKillerShow.com, CoachJohan.Substack.com. Every time we do this, I'm hoping that you're going to pick up something that you can actually apply today. Hopefully in the last few weeks, you guys have been getting back after it, getting back to the routine that you find the most comforting and finding ways to push away from that comfort just a hair so you get a little bit better. The show is called Ego Killer because everything that we try to discuss on this show is designed to help you guys move and shake your habits just a little bit. We are nudging to create a little bit of changeable margin inside of our daily life. We're nudging. We're giving ourselves elbow room, breathing room to expand the areas in our life that we can access change. We can access change. We can do more with the possibilities and potentialities of our life, meaning I can make changes if I have a little bit of breathing room to do so. I can brainstorm if I want to make a move in my job. I can maybe plan, have some action plans in place. I can sit down and write my goals out. All of these help me forecast what my future is going to look like. We don't live in the future, but we plan for it in short order, right? Why do we do that? Because we're looking to become the person, the people, the men, the women that we want to be tomorrow. We're looking to become them today, right? The only thing that holds us back is the ego a lot of the time. There is a good and a bad part of the ego, of course. And while that is a little bit over-reductionist, the ego, um, it, I mean, it is a good thing that we have egos. When we need them, they're there to protect us. But we have to really explore the inherent limitations of listening to ego above everything else, which is kind of how we pop out of the womb, right? How we are today is mostly just listening and placating an overly plaintive ego. And for us to get ahead, we got to kind of just like tell the ego to pipe down a lot of the time. Okay. Right. This is why there's such a fascination with expanding the mind with, be it with medicinal (laughs) help or otherwise, you know, some people go on retreats. Some people do certain, you know, DMT or whatever to expand that so that they could get this feeling of an ego demise and a rebirth. Well, look, I just think it just gets a little, takes a little bit of I, – I think you just got to get into the gym more. But not only just doing that, like you got to spend more time being active because that's the easiest way to kind of access parts of your psyche that you didn't know you were prepared to meet and the parts – that you didn't know were inhibiting you. Like, you're not going to take an IQ test every day and be like, oh, this is what I need to work on. No, 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 no. The best way to access all of those internal worlds that we all have, the internal self, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it that, but kind of the internal mechanism of who you are, the best way to kind of reach that, you know, there's a lot of ways, but 
physical, physical, because it's the nexus. I mean, you're constantly accessing it when you're working out. And so that's why I call this show Ego Killer and ask that you guys spend a lot of time seeking out your limits in the gym because that's where actually you can see what your limits are, right? It's where we actually take part in activating the mindset. So that's why we do this here. Thanks again for joining me. Look, the gym, the dojo, outside in the world, wherever it is that you take part in your fitness, there's a million activities. Some of you are, you know, soccer, you love to go out onto the pitch. Some of you love to be on your road bike or other type of bike. Some people love being inside the room with the heavy bags. Others still enjoy Pilates and they're down with not being anywhere where there's any concrete, just a lot of wood, <laughs> I guess, right? There's so many different ways to get this thing done, but there's going to be one common theme surrounding all of it. You need to first pick out what kind of shoes you're going to wear. It's very important at the end of the day. Me personally, I've always really had to put a little bit more effort into deciding what type of shoe I'm going to wear. And I know this might afflict some of you with flatter feet. All right. If you have a really flat foot, you've always had this kind of not issue necessarily, but you've had to think about it a little bit more. But also, um, as you get older, you really want to be able to address your footwear in whatever activity you're doing. So that you're comfortable. And before I get into all the machinations of footwear in today's day and age, let me just say that as I was researching this a little bit, I couldn't believe how many terms, like medical terms, I ran into about foot. I can't even pronounce some of these terms that like different morphologies of bones what the actual name for the arch is, all these muscles that I, I've never even heard of them. Like, you know, if you take science classes over the years, you just, you learn what the, you forget the hand bones really quickly. And I guess a ton of the foot bones this is amazing. It's amazing how much science goes into how much feet matter. We have done a number in our society to where we have this shoemaking thing down to an, not even a science Science, we have it down to the molecule. We figured this thing out. My goodness, we are really obsessed with creating great shoes for fitness. And that's a good thing because that means everybody's going to have what they need. So what we're going to talk about today is what kind of shoes you should be wearing when you're doing your fitness thing. We need to go over it. It's all important, all encompassing. When I was a kid, I remember having the Velcro shoes. When I was a little boy... In the six, <laughs> in Toronto, I remember having the Velcro shoes. I remember a lot of my friends also having Velcro shoes. I was like three, four, five. I think until I was like six, ripping those. I don't know if they even make Velcro shoes anymore because I remember distinctly like everybody having them. All my friends having Velcro, ripping that Velcro. It makes that nice, crisp sound putting it back you just play with your shoes sometimes when you get bored at school in the 80s right you just start ripping them with your free guys just ripping your shoes velcro shoes were a thing and as i got kind of older 
I started, I, hey, look, I matriculated, started doing laces, right? I started doing, I can when I moved here, I remember one of the things that I wanted to get, I wanted to be down. I wanted to be down. And one of the first things that I started to learn about or notice was shoe wear mattered. Now, I had to wear a uniform as a youngster, right? I had to wear a uniform when I moved here. So did my cousins. And so it was like, yo, what colors can you not wear? And what colors should you, what type of shoes? Now I'm, I learned to tie my shoes real good, right? Learned to tie my shoes real good. Uh, and, you know, I started wearing the laces. Now I'm thinking about fashion. Get a little bit older, right? Notice all my friends that were guys. I don't think the girls were doing this, but a lot of the guys, at least where I grew up, were all wearing basketball shoes, all wearing, trying to wear Nikes. Most of us were trying to wear Nikes or Adidas. And look, back then, you can get away with wearing Nikes. Like I had the Air Devastates. That challenged people to find out from me if those were actually Nikes. And I guarantee you they were. Those were Nikes. All right. They weren't like, like every, you know, you had the, uh, maybe you had the Grant Hills. I think he had Fila. But whatever. You had other guys. I don't know. The Jordans are the first ones that come to everyone's minds. Right. Um, I think he had like Barclays over here. You might have had Gary Payton. I don't know if he had Nike shoes. Identifiable. Me, I came out in the air devastated. So what? You know? They were Nikes. It had air in the name. I was good. But as I even kept getting older and more athletic, for me, my flat feet made it really hard for me to play football. So I had those cleats. They were digging in. I went and got insoles, made the problem worse. Couldn't even do the thing as I got older, right? Football, for a season, I couldn't even play because my feet were killing me. It was the most pain I had experienced in my life. And I had a, a lot of it had to do with my growth spurts that were going down, the effect of Osgood slaughter on the underside of your knee and the tendonitis that you get at the time and how that all played into your shoe game. But I wanted to talk about this, not if you just have flat feet, right? But it mat. I want to know not only what does it matter to you guys, is it all about fashion? Are we staying comfortable in the gym? But I'm curious to figure out if you guys are making the best possible option for yourself. You know? Gone is the era of $200, at least I believe, $200 kicks that you buy just to play basketball in. I don't think that we have $200 shoes like they did in the 90s where all you did was play back. Like they were for basketball. Now, if you wore them to play basketball, probably a fool's errand. But that's what people did. They bought shoes to play basketball in, and those shoes were about as pricey as they got. For young girls, I'm not sure what the equivalent was or if there was one. But, hell, since I wore a uniform, you know, there was enough bread in the household to go around. Me and a lot of my friends similarly you could spend your money not on jeans, not on, you know, shirts. You spend it on your shoes. And so it became partway fashion. But see, where I grew up, we all played basketball quite a bit. And so it became fashion and function for us. So it was really easy. Me, I had to do a ton of urban hiking when I was a kid from point A to point B, from B to C. So I was walking all the time. 
all the time. And I was lucky that those shoes provided me comfort. What about you guys? Your shoe game, is it providing you the optimal amount of comfort in the gym or when you're adjacent to the gym outside doing your thing? It's very important that you guys take a little bit of, let's apprise it a little bit. Because on a personal note, all right, I, there's a part of me that wants to be even more minimalistic and reductionist about my shoe game than I even am to this day. And that's because I will do everything underneath the sun to stretch the lifespan of a pair of shoes till it's uncomfortable for you to look at. I will do that <laughs> because in my eyes... Shoes are the th- are just the thing that we decided at some point in human history need to cover our feet. That's it. That's it. L- look, you know, as far as going to the supermarket barefoot and coming home barefoot, it's probably a hygiene issue. No one wants to come in from the outside and then jump into bed with them dirty feet. But, I mean, let's just say we created a culture of cleanliness to where the first thing you wash is your feet, as they do in a lot of other religions, right? A lot of other cultures, a lot of them on the east, the eastern uh, hemisphere. If that were the case, I would have no problem (laughs) marching through life barefoot. Not because it's barbarous, but because I think that's where we actually were as ancestral humans, And probably not even that long ago. You know what I mean? We didn't have shoes. We've adopted a culture of shoe game. And so for me, I don't mind being barefoot as much as I humanly possibly can. If I'm around, you know, at my mom's house and I'm outside, I'm, you know, doing little chores outdoors. If I'm in the gym even doing handiwork, you know, if I'm climbing the ladder or I'm dragging things from in to out, I don't mind being barefoot. It's in my belief, which again, all of this intense research seems to somewhat corroborate, right? I'm doing my barefoot thing. I'm actually strengthening my feet. And guess what? I'm strengthening the way my body moves, responds, and strengthens muscles. And this is amazing. All right? I wish it could always be like that. <laughs> so my answer to my flat-footedness is to wear soles and skate shoes. And one last thing I'll tell you, I remember, and I've shared this on another uh, episode, is like I was being, I was a coach and instructor at a kickboxing gym and it was, you know, a commercial kickboxing gym. It had little to do with like um, teaching high level technique. There was no sparring. There was no like mitt holding, nothing like that. You could, you weren't even allowed to run inside of this particular studio and you know, a lady asked me what I should wear. And I was, at the time, I was wearing akin to Vans. I was wearing Etnies, which are skate shoes. I rock with skate shoes for a number of reasons. It's kind of my steez. <laughs> and so I go, you need something flat, not too grippy, something like this. And she goes, oh, great. I'll go buy a pair of Airwalks. And I know she said it facetiously. And I go, yeah, that's a really good idea. I, I, I didn't mind that I don't if it was sarcasm I thought it was dead bang on the point is in that area of boxing and inside and what I'll do today is I'll go over what I have seven points that you guys should be thinking about when you're to up your shoe game 
When you need to up your shoe game, there's seven points that I want you to think about. All right. Inside that place, when you're talking about kickboxing, boxing, and you're doing your martial arts thing, you need to think about your grippiness. You need to think about the flatness of the shoes. That's where you live right there. Before we get to any of that, we need to understand a little bit about our culture today. It's geared around what makes us look the best and pretty much how much money you're willing to spend. This is constant consumption. If you have an extra $5 in your pocket, our society is constantly going to request that you unask that $5 and you spend it on something. And so the quality of your shoes is only as high as the aesthetic appeal of said kickers. What's more important to you guys? That you look really, really dope in the gym with your shoes? Because they make shoes that look phenomenally good and provide a high level, albeit probably less than A-plus functionality. Right? We're looking for more aesthetic appeal inside the gym. And so, like, is that more important to you? I've met people who I see boxing and they will match the shoes with the hand wraps, with the gloves. And don't you think they're going to train and feel good if they're not wearing that full set? I've seen it. And that's another thing. It helps you look good. You look good. You perform well. I must say, maybe this is something that I just have not been open myself opened myself up to or been open to maybe i'm missing out that i haven't said hey i need to look good feel good so number one okay well, let's let's talk about it let's talk about it okay let's talk about it the shoes that you do wear first off all right they actually if you wear shoes that are not fitting to whatever you do they shift your foot bones and hamper your walking and gait posture, which can then matriculate and chain their way up to create calluses. You know, they call it vagus or valgus, which is you're dipping, you're more um, leaning towards the arch side or maybe the knife's edge side, so inside and outside uh, too much which will maybe hurt your knees and ankles, sprains, tendonitis, back pain, back pain, deformities, bunions, right? Think about it as women. Women, you guys, have even more of a challenge and more to go through because in terms of ephemera, we're always asking women to think about the way that they look first. And then forget the fact that women have more options for shoes outside of this. So there's going to be a big delta for most women, what she's supposed to wear to work, what she's supposed to wear, wear on a daily. Women, you guys have to go from the most extreme example of one, go to the gym and find comfortability, right? I, there's such a huge delta. And look, the stakes are high, my friends. The stakes are so high when it comes to this shoe game because, yo, you ain't trying to mess up your, your gait. Your entire walking cycle is going to be messed up if you wear the wrong shoes. We don't need that, okay? 
if you're going to be an outdoor, you're hiking a lot, you're going on long walks, trail shoes. I'll recommend getting trail shoes. Trail shoes are, they aesthetically, they're, um, I haven't found a set that are aesthetically mind-blowing. I have not seen a set that are aesthetically mind-blowing. Now, I know that some people are buying these Kanye West shoes, and uh, maybe he makes a trail shoe. I won't know. I wouldn't spend a dime on anything that man produces, but maybe he makes a trail shoe. And if he did, I assume it would be aesthetically pleasing. Other than that, trail shoes are what you need when you're doing your outside thing. They translate great. Looking at your trail shoes when you pick them up, they're going to be not light, not heavy. I don't know what it is in grams or anything like that. But you're going to notice a ton of tread. First pair of trail shoes, by the way, just like they lasted me. I could have bronzed these things. They were they lasted me a long time. I feel like they had my back in the heat of battle. These trail shoes have a ton of tread. They look like a Michelin tire. So when you get your trail shoes, you're going to go ahead and flip them over and notice that there is a ton of tread. It goes really high up on the toe. This is something that is really good for outside. When you're out there with your trail shoes, they have the wide heel in the back, very stiff midsole, and they're fairly light for what you get. Very breathable, cushiony. All right. This is a good time to mention one more thing about my huh, idiosyncrasies when it comes to shoe game. My shoe game might differ from everybody else's that I've seen in a relative day-to-day period because I hate wearing socks. So I will not wear socks. There are so many arguments that people try to lightweight bring to me about why socks should be worn. I disagree with all of them. I think socks are largely unnecessary. All right. Um, Let me know what you guys think. Uh, EagleKillerShow.com. So all of these are with the understanding that there is room inside of your shoes for your socks. An experience that I'll never, ever apprise myself of. All right? Trail shoes when you're outside. Running shoes. Number two, when you're going to hit any type of trail. Usually these things. Excuse me. Any type of run. Treadmill run and the like. They're going to be like your trail shoes, but a little bit less intense when it comes to the stiffness and the height of that sole, right? That bottom part, that's a different color than the rest of the shoe typically. And they're going to be more, they're going to have a nice grips, lots of grips. They probably won't have as thick and domineering a tread, right? They won't look like you're supposed, they can fit underneath an 18 18 wheeler, excuse me. Um, the running shoes, that's going to be your next option. Um, when you're going to go for literally a run, right? So number three, when you're inside the gym, I need you guys to think about having a shoe with less grip on the floor underneath you, less grip when you're in the gym lifting weights. So this can be something with a flatter sole, a minor arch, when you're lifting, doing your kettlebells and the like, you need room to pivot, right? You need room to have strong access, vagus and valgus of your feet, finding a nice foot position that is equally kind of 
uh, receptive, equally proprioceptive against the floor in a regular standing plumb, standing up tall position. And I find that this often happens the best with um, what people wear all-stars. They wear Converse all-stars. They're canvas. They're flat. I don't know how it feels to have an arch. So does that bother you when you wear flat feet and you have an arch? Because you have an arch. You know, there is a lot of exercises apparently that people do when you have flat feet that can actually help build up an arch. You can build an arch by cone- doming your foot a lot and applying certain muscle groups. Shoes are supposed to assist that in certain capacities. But I will admit the following. Whenever I need to pivot and whenever I am doing any type of boxing, whenever I am lifting, Having the trail shoes on by consequence because I was doing other stuff and then bringing in the trail shoes, which, by the way, I bought recently a new pair of shoes and I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Finding those, using those trail shoes is a huge distraction. They're too grippy, they're too bulky, there's no feel in them, there's just protection. All right. In the gym, when you're lifting and doing your kettlebell thing, you want more feel, you want more accessibility and i said it before proprioception pressure you want to feel pressure on all corners of that foot all right of course there's you know you don't even have to wear shoes inside the gym at all right sometimes you don't wear shoes sometimes it's just socks you see a lot of folks pull off their shoes and get real comfortable inside the gym and that is super advantageous for that very reason you can just go ahead and wear nothing in at times and in fact i've seen people that eventually do buy flatter Converse shoes a number of times or people that didn't know that they were supposed to be wearing con Converse or All-Stars, Chuck Taylors inside the gym and I noticed that they, you know, when I met certain people, I had a friend way back who would wear them and then she would not wear them when she worked out and then we talked about it, you know, we had like a big discussion about it and then she wore those shoes inside the gym more and more in general anyway. So it was like she didn't even have to like switch up her shoe game. It translated. Number four, <laughs> number four, cross trainers. Get your tennies. Back when I was a kid, you used to literally call them tennis shoes. And I always conjure up the idea of those Reeboks with the one that are all white, white on white on white with the little British flag for the Reebok logo and those were tennis shoes it was like what are they good at well tennis and so it's like okay so if you have a lot of lateral movements pivoting jumping hopping bounding tennis shoes well I liken that to what might be still called cross trainers cross trainers are probably going to be your next best bet they they have a very more flexible midsole they have the nice in the forefoot like the ball of the foot they have not too sleep, steep of a slope. They might be a little bit flatter. And that grip, it's not intense. That is not an intense grip. That is something that you can get around and move on. All right? This is something, look, when I think of tennis nowadays, I think of Rafael Nadal. That man's bouncing all over the court, bouncing all over the place, right? He, shoes can barely contain him. You know what I mean? Tennis shoes or cross trainers, tennies, make it so that they have just enough grip. Find something that has 
I'm not a big advocate for a wide heel in the back. I think having a wide armor, I'll call it an armor-plated heel, right, where your calcaneus bone, your heel bone, is probably more protective for your Achilles. But remember how thick and strong your Achilles is. It needs to act as a shock absorber, not detrained as much to do so. And I think when we have this big heel in the back, it is best to have a huge heel when you are lifting. So if you can avoid it, do avoid it. But if you only have access to cross trainers that have that wide, flat back, at least it's only when you're doing your thing lifting inside the gym. All right? Um, it's also good to have those when you're going in and out. So if you're doing like an outside jog and then you come back and you start your lifting, you can get away with, with your tennies. Okay. Um, number, so let's move to number six. I believe we're on number six, uh, number six toe So toe shoes, toe shoes. These are the shoes that are minimalist. They call them minimalist shoes and the sort. In the case of a lot of these minimalist or barefoot type shoes, you don't have a big heel cup. Like the wideness of that heel isn't really huge. You don't have a very big kind of heel flare where looking down on the top of the shoe where your foot goes in, there isn't a wide, you know, area that that shoe covers, right? They're probably, they look to be pretty flexible, and that's why people feel they're going to be working out in these minimalists, right? I'm sure that they have a nice heel-toe drop is what they call it, right? Um, and I don't know if they're really bendy. They appear to be extremely bendy. I knew someone that used to train in Muay Thai when we were inside doing our strength and conditioning with those shoes, she would kick in them also. So I'm reading a bit of a study and inside of this study, it actually found that doing a lot of your daily activity, daily activity with those minimalist shoes is the best case scenario for the minimalist shoes. So doing all of the running and all of these things, I've heard conflicting anecdotal and I've watched videos on people saying like, yo, what we designed with shoes is always about heel striking, and that's bad for you. And I'm not so sure that we're heel striking a lot because of the shoes. I think this has more to do with improper technique and improper development of a running style than it does the shoes. I actually think people probably land with the middle of their foot way more than they think they do and are not supposed to be running on their toes as much as they, they think they are. I think this is reserved for really like athletic gains, especially if you're doing sprints. But if we're talking about those barefoot shoes, you know, I don't know how much support that they have around the ankle because we haven't even talked about mid-tops. But look, it's like this. According to this study, day-to-day -day activities are best served by those barefoot shoes. Activate the most muscles, keep you safe, and help with your full leg function. So look, this is all about reducing injury, feeling good, and maybe even looking good. Those shoes look different. I don't think they look bad, but that again is kind of a subjective opinion in any event.
I did find another study on combat boots. I don't know anyone that regularly runs on combat boots. I mean, I must admit that one of my first managers as a personal trainer, he was a Marine. And on occasion, I would see him moving around the gym in combat boots. And, of course, I've heard stories about, you know, just like on other podcasts about Marvin Hagler running in in full combat boots. And look, according to the study, they're pretty heavy. Activating the most amount of muscles. I'll let you guys experiment with boots inside the gym. But I do want to emphasize the last thing. And the last thing is this. And I mean this seriously. I mean this earnestly. Wear shoes that fit you. Wear shoes that fit you and feel good. A thousand times I've met you and trained with you guys inside the gym and you're wearing shoes that have long past expired their due date, which again is fine because I do the same exact thing. But you're hurting. You're injured. The knife's edge of your foot, like the toe side of your foot, is pushing through the fabric. You're in pain a lot and we're ignoring it in favor of pushing forward. And I want us to get to the space where we can kind of just, we don't have to constantly be struggling or in pain, you guys, when we're doing our workouts. And maybe it does start with the part of us that is constantly in contact with terra firma, our feet. So at the end of the day, maybe it doesn't have to take an overwhelming amount of nuance to figure out what we should do when it comes to our shoes. Maybe instead it's just find shoes that literally fit your feet try to make those adjustments that i talked about those six adjustments six or seven adjustments i talked about but make sure they're tied up laced up and that they feel good maybe they need to look good too that's on you find those and have them fit the activities that you love to do on a daily weekly basis inside the gym Me personally, I will I'll change shoes when I do different activities, right? And this is because I've spent a lot of my time really having ankle pain and having it translate up into my into my knees, both as a youngster as an adult. So to this day I'll really take the time to remember to make myself feel comfortable. I'm less worried about the aesthetic appeal, but if you are, you can factor that in also, all right? So those are the ideas that I have for you guys to pick the right shoes you need for your activity. Well, find ones that fit. Fit your feet literally and your activity at the same time. Keep your shoe game on 10. All right, I'm gonna stop it right there, you guys. Let me know how it goes. Let me know what shoe game you do come out and play with. Egokillershow.com. Hit me on the Substack. I'll give you a free gift if you email me. And if you like this episode, go to Apple Podcasts and review it. All right. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And until the next one, you guys, stay up. Stay up.